Welcome to Healing Generations, a podcast creating a dialogue uplifting the importance of healing, strengthening, and supporting our communities, and that addresses the disparities and inequities in communities of color. Healing Generations is brought to you by the Healing Generations Institute, a collaborative initiative of the National Compadres Network and the Brotherhood of Elders. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our new releases. Bendiciones, and welcome once again, everyone, to the Healing Generations podcast. My name is Susana Armijo of the National Comadres Network. I want to begin, first of all, by acknowledging, as always, Creator and the ancestors, and all of you and all of your ancestors as well. I'd like to welcome you to part two of a presentation that was started last week entitled Mothers in the Movement. And in this podcast, you will hear the profound words and spirit of five Mujer leaders from communities across the country that will share their struggle, their stories, and their blessings and successes that they've experienced along their way on their journey. So thank you once again for joining us as we continue to listen to part two of Mothers in the Movement. I wanted to turn to, to Angel and ask you, what healing practices guide you in your work and this journey? And what are, what are some of the challenges and wisdoms that you pulled from, from the healing practices that, that you draw on? Thank you. Thank you so much for that question. So as I mentioned earlier, um, reconnecting and reclaiming my ancestral medicine, whether it's the oral tradition of storytelling and relearning about the history of my people, um, connecting to Tonantzin, you know, Mother Earth in a good way, um, using the sacred ceremonial ways such as the Temazcal, song, dance, rest, and decolonizing my way of living and working, um, you know, eliminating certain things that I know cause me harm, and being brave and bold to do things differently than we've, we've been doing them in the way that we have since this land was stolen, since our culture was stolen, since our ways were stolen, um, you know, really being bold and stepping into a, to a space. And an example of that is like as an executive director, how I lead, um, how I, I put it as an example, like I, I am not the one that's going to be sitting there working 75 hours a week, um, first and foremost, because of my health and the, the health of my family, but also because I need to role model for the young mujeres that work with me that that's not the way it's going to happen. That's not the way it's going to go. And there are other organizations who work their people to the bone. Um, but, but that's, you know, I have to be bold and I have to be brave and say, nah, we're not that anymore. We're decolonizing. We're not um, going with the okie doke anymore. And so, um, you know, for me, being able to really center myself in what decolonizing and not only decolonizing, but re-indigenizing, re reclaiming those good ways. Um, and then also just with that question, um, you know, one of the, the consejos that I would share, um, you know, my kids are all grown now. I have a 27, 25 
21 and 18. Um, my baby's just just graduated last year and, and is out of here to, to college. And so, um, you know, over those years, like I was just saying, I, like I parented hardcore for 25 years. My whole life revolved around my children um, and this work. And I would say my consejo would be that, you know, you really have to put your well-being at the center of everything. Um, our liberation should center our well-being. Audrey Lord, uh, amazing, powerful um, sister mama, talks about like revolution and, and liberation is our well-being, is our health and our safety. And we cannot um, do this work in a way that drains us because it just it, it, it's it's useless because we're just re, we're, we're causing more harm and that circulo goes in in a, in a wrong in a in a way that's not good. So, so my consejo would be, um, not that you asked, but I'm going to share that you should really, you know, center your well-being before anything else, because then you're able to um, care for your family in a good way. You're able to lead in a good way. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming into this different phase of my life where so many people are looking at me on how to carry this work forward. And so I have to be really intentional about the messages that I want to send young people to make sure that they're rooting themselves in true liberation. And to me, that is healing and wellness and balance. So I'll just leave that there. Thank you. Thank you. I'll turn it to um, Maestra Laura. If you could share some of the, the healing practices that, that you've incorporated in your work in organizing, um, I know just seeing you in action, those are one and the same. And so sharing a little bit with us what that looks like for you. Well, some of the healing practices that I've used are, um, first of all, I I try um, or I've done um, rites of passage for, for youth. For young girls and young men who have not had that opportunity to have a rites of passage, verdad? Some girls they go through a quinceañera, they have this big elaborate thing, and and young men most of the time get left out on that. But so we try to bring in uh, that rites of passage for everyone, all all youth, no matter what their experiences have been, no matter what their past has been, verdad? And just um, create a safe space for them. And let them know how sacred they are as as human beings, verdad? That whatever they did is not their fault, but that we can help them to um, to achieve whatever they want to achieve in their life, verdad? They're not defined by their mistakes. They're, they're they are people, and they should and they deserve a second chance. And that's why the rites of passage is so important. The other things that I have incorporated are um, forgiveness circles for for everyone. Uh, for adults and for and for youth, but that being able to write down somebody's name on a piece of paper, and that's just one way of doing it, and then um, burning it, verdad? allowing them to burn it so that they can get that that feeling of healing, you know, that step to healing. It's not going to heal them completely, verdad? they're still going to have some pain, pero también to help them to heal. And also, um, as I said before, I do um, support those missing and murdered indigenous women. And I support them emotionally and, and spiritually. And those are my, that has been my, my, my path. My path is, is that spiritual and cultural uh, guidance. Verdad? I, um, I feel like for me, uh, my cultura actually me curó. 
because before I was, I, before I started in, in danza or, or even practicing my cultura, which is, you know, soy Mexicana, verdad? Soy Chicana. And I did, you know, grow up in a, in a, in a Mexican uh, ran family, but my mom didn't speak English very well or at all. And my father did. Pero, um, and so we did have that experience, ¿verdad? but it was more of a church experience. It wasn't an experience of real cultural, uh, ancestral teachings. ¿verdad? And so those are the things that I looked for. I looked for all those teachings and so that I can, would be able to pass it down to not just my children, but to other people's children, which is very important because a lot of people just, they don't um, have that connection. Adults don't have that connection and children didn't have that connection. So those are the ways, those are the things that were important to me is and to my family is to pass on that, that cultural heritage and that connection to their roots because the roots are the most important thing. You know, if you, if you nurture those roots, you're going to nurture the flower and it's going to bloom and it's going to be better than ever. ¿verdad? And so that's one of the things that I felt that was uh, important. And so we, we, we try to pass that message as we go along ¿verdad? through our danza or through, or through just teaching of the cultura, ¿verdad? Los veintenas, those, the, um, the ways of our ancestors, our ancestral teachings, because they were important. They had beautiful messages behind that. And so in giving that to our children and, and other people's children is like giving them that sacred knowledge, ¿verdad? That sacred knowledge of Quetzalcoatl that we should be passing on. And so um, there was that question about the children, ¿verdad? And so I just, um, to me... Uh, your children should come first in in every in any aspect of movimiento. If your home's not good, if your children not good, then you shouldn't be out trying to help others, verdad? So if the family is strong and and doing well and they're doing great, then you'll be able to do better work outside of your home because you'll feel good that your kids are doing great, verdad? They're doing well. Otherwise, you know, we're failing the children that we have, our own children. And we can't heal. We can't help other children if ours aren't doing good. Ometeo. Ometeo. I want to uh, ask you, Alma, how do you incorporate healing in your organizing, your advocacy, your activism, and, and movement work? I work for an organization that really is about activating race, um, people's voice empowered. Um, but one of the things that with all honesty that sometimes we struggle is understanding that organizing is not separate from, from healing and self-care. It is very connected. We cannot organize if we don't center healing at, at the forefront of everything we do. Um, all that historical trauma that we experience has had historical impact in ourselves in so many ways, so many ways. Um, especially in our communities of color, that when we're doing um, organizing to fight the systemic oppression, whatever system that would look like, um, we have to realize that a lot of our people have been leaving so much uh, trauma that we cannot organize people to move into actions if we don't provide the space to reconnect, heal, lift their, their voice and power in a safe way. 
in order for them to be prepared to face the system that failed them. It's really hard to put community in front of your oppressor and fight them, right? Because it triggers all that experience. And, and when I walk into this work, that was my biggest challenge, be able to sit with the system, education system myself, and remind me that this is the folks that put my brother in prison. These are the folks that dismiss my mother narrative. And I had so many challenges. And, and Laura Tinajero, that she's one of my mentors, she really introduced me to this pathway of healing, you know, through la cultura cura, myself going to get trained to, she naturally think, you know, I'm going to get trained to get folks facilitated. But no, it was, it was for me. It was for me to go through that journey. The curriculum is not like a normal curriculum that you, they teach you and then you go teach. It's, it's, it's your own, it's your own journey of healing. If you got, you have to go through it in order for you to be a model to, with other young girls or another young folks. So I had a challenge because I was not in this stage of, of my own healing to be able to do that. So it was, it, it has been a really tough process, but now that I'm a better stage, I could see that the impact it creates when you create an, atmos- an atmosphere of centering community and safe space, courageous spaces with cultura, uh, with our youth and with our parents, we not only facilitate Ashley or Joven Noble or Caray Corazon for the parents, but we make sure we have monthly healing circles, workshops of La Cultura, traditions, Laura coordinates and supports a lot of that on the ground. And it's part of the organizing because the parents leave from that space so energy is connected and and I cannot even make justice to the reactions and of parents and youth when they, they speak about healing, like they go and advocate for that in their own schools. They ask for circulos cultura in their schools because they're leaving it, they're seeing it. So we have been denied to all this knowledge and wisdom and spaces for so many generations that now is the time to claim those spaces. But for that to happen, we need to create those spaces. So we make sure that when we, we start organizing folks, to any type of fight with the system, we make sure that we centered our cultura and our healing um, starting within us before even exposing residents to go fight the system that oppressed them because it's very critical. Um, organizing, it's, it's a movement building and I feel that um, healing is part of that movement itself. It's a process itself that need to be interconnected together because this is this fights that we all encounter. It's something that is going to take so many years, so many years. And it's definitely important that we put our priorities straight. And that's basically providing those safe spaces for a community to heal together. Beautiful. Rasmia, you mentioned having a 22-year-old <laughs> and um, wanted to see, you know, what advice would you share with young moms out there? But what are some of the things you wish you would have known as you were starting out on your motherhood journey? I mean, I feel like the panelists have already spoken, hit on so many of the points that I wanted to make. Um, I think first and foremost, the most important lesson that I wish I would have known is the movement starts in the home. Um, You know, you, I had this like false idea that I had to go out in the world to like, you know, join the movement, create the movement. You know, and it just happened, you know, thinking back that I started to get into this work 
really as I became a mother. It happened almost simultaneously. And I do carry some guilt, um, you know, now and, and, and I have conversations with my son who is now 22 years old and, you know, and I'm trying to process, you know, some of, some of the guilt that I have because I was always out there, out in the world. And I feel like in, in many ways I did neglect him. And, you know, I, I did tow him around, you know, as many of us have talked about, you know, like we bring our kids along and, um, but I was, you know, I didn't feel that I was as focused on him. Um, and I was doing the work, um, with everybody else. And I think back to an argument that I had with my partner at the time, his father. And I remember I was just so in, I mean, I was so involved. I mean, I didn't, there was no concept of time, right? I mean, who hours, who cares? It's seven days a week. You know, we didn't keep schedules, you know, as far as the work goes. And I remember, um, coming home one day, and, um, you know, I was just so excited and I was like, my kids, my kids, my kids, um, and my kids did this and my kids did that. And we achieved this. And, and I remember him stopping me and yelling and he was like, those aren't your kids. Your kid is right here. And I remember like being upset, right? I was like, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it, right? No, these are, these are my kids. These are, you know, it's, it's the community. And I'm, you know, I was just so in, in passionate and the energy and, and, but now I get what he was saying, right? <laughs> like, you know, now years later, um, I, I feel like I would tell mothers, um, you know, the work starts at home, and then those practices, um, you know, you perfect them in your home, you perfect them in that role as a mother, and you'll, you're able to take that into the world, right, and do it even better. And I mean, I, I really, honestly, that's probably one of my only regrets. Um, if I had to say regrets, I don't think it's regrets um, because as I mentioned before, you learn from it. Um, Rosa, when you mentioned being the, the daughter of organizers, and feeling like you had, you know, gotten that, that alternative, right? Like teachings, you know, and the conversations I have with my son, um, you know, he, he sounds just like you. He says, what? I loved it. I, you know, I, I learned so much, um, you know, he just graduated college and so many, so much of that he brought into, you know, his classes and he would call me super proud and say, mom, you know, I'm taking this class and I was able to talk about, you know, these issues that nobody in the else, nobody in the class, you know, he was even thinking about, you know, I was able to bring in perspective that nobody else was thinking about. So, you know, in many ways it worked out, but, um, you know, if I had to give any advice is, you know, just so much of the work begins at home, um, and, and not feeling, um, not feeling like guilt that, um, that, that sometimes you just need to focus on that. Um, and you're no less a movement, you know, uh, involved in the movement because you, you give that energy to your, um, to your home environment and you find that balance. Raising a conscious young man. Um, I want to, I want to, uh, pass the palabra now to Luisana and, and ask you to share, how do you balance motherhood and the work that you do in the community, what does that look like for you? For me, um, Rosa and everyone, thank thank you for everyone for sharing. I echo a lot of what you've uh, reflected here. Um, for me, it's making sure that everything I do and wherever I go, that my kids can come. You know, if, and 
Um, it's not a dangerous protest. You know, I, I chose to stay back with the Black Lives Matter movement um, because it was in the middle of the pandemic. And it was really hard for me because um, even during those the times where when George Floyd got murdered, um, there was also uh, a, a young woman that had been murdered in the military here locally in, in, in Texas and always wanting to, to be there and having to make the hard choice sometimes of having to stay back um, and, and be in solidarity in other ways. Because the only reason why I'm in this movimiento to begin with is um, through ceremonia and, and the healing that I've gotten through being in ceremony and being in a, a community where um, we practice our traditional danza azteca. It was a blessing when there was a job opportunity through American Indians in Texas and um, to be able to do both, you know, to merge both the ceremonial practices and um, into spaces where I would, I would be getting uh, paid for, right? Um, that's not all the work that, that I do. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of a Calpulli here uh, locally that, that we started um, in, in, in Austin with our comadre, Laura, who's on here, and my sister and, and other mujeres that felt like this is something uh, that we needed to carry forward for our, our future generations at a time when we didn't even have children. We just felt the, the connection to the, to the drum and, and the rezos with our feet and, and just the, the beauty that comes out of the work, right? Because it takes a lot of work sometimes, a lot of, um, you know, staying up all night praying doing things that we're not used to doing to really uh, open our hearts up and, and figure out, okay, what does the movimiento mean? What do we want for our communities, our families? It's not just about ourselves. It's something bigger than us, you know? So something that now that we have children, we get to share that with them and we don't have to keep it to ourselves. And it gets really hard, but then, you know, for myself, I've been through multiple relationships because they haven't always been healthy. And um, and I've had to make the decision to leave a relationship um, if it wasn't something that was um, contributing to, my, to, to our healing, you know, and that was being abusive. And that didn't have those, that foundation of the valores that Jerry talks about all the times, you know, the cuatro valores, the love, respect, dignity, and trust, you know, all of our relationships have to lead with those valores. Otherwise, what are, why are we doing this for? Like, then there's, there wouldn't be no point. And so I, I take those, those teachings and I apply them to all of my relationships. And I'm just really honored, um, you know, to be walking alongside um, amazing people, you know, and here today at, at this panel, you know, I could see that it's not just a local national movement. It's, it's, there's people doing this work um, internationally, globally, right? Um, to fight back all of that hurt and that oppression and that, that racism that tears our families apart, you know, and, you know, just really grateful right now for my partners. <laughs> you can hear him like, and sometimes I'm like, it's okay, you know, if they come, you know, I bring my babies to Zoom meetings and 
I just went, I just moved from full-time to part-time because I just could not handle just the uh, stress of having to produce, produce, produce with a, with a newborn, you know? And sometimes it means, you know, having to be real with ourselves and say, okay, what do I have the capacity to do? You know, I just, um, co, co we just co-founded a consulting um, company with, uh, with my homegirl and my, my homies and my sister. And I'm learning so much through that process, you know, things that I wouldn't have done on my own, but that with each other, you know, we're kind of giving ourselves the um, encouragement and the courage to do, just to share out because, you know, right now it's this thing about restorative justice and the schools, but all of that is just new new ways of, of, of defining things that are ancient. And so if, there's anything that we've learned in 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 our ceremonies and in in the uh, in enseñanzas of our maestros, Susan Almanza, who right now is leading an environmental justice advisory uh, committee at the White House from Austin. You know, um, other other maestras, uh, Silvia Herrera, who's at Tona Tierra in, in in Arizona. You know, um, Maestra Susie and Maestra Deborah, who I've gotten the honor to meet. Uh, so many maestras, uh, you know, that that teach us, and 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 we we pay close attention, and and we share that with our little ones, you know, with our family. And, and sometimes, you know, my partner he he gets real upset, you know, but you know, we're working through this together, and and, and hopefully. You could see that it's real, that it's not something that we just write on a paper to get the grant, you know. I just want to share about that much. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone for sharing your wisdom. Just one thing that was coming to me that I, I'm hearing in everything that this incredible panel is sharing, this wisdom that comes from being someone that gives of yourself for to raise up this next generation, is that when you're living like that, everything is a prayer. And so may we continue to pray with our feet. May we continue to pray with all of our actions and, and how we live each day. Gracias. Wow. Some very powerful words and experiences that we've been very privileged to hear. Again, we'd like to thank all of them for being so willing to share their hearts and spirits with all of us. With that, we also like to thank you once again for joining us and Ask you to please share this podcast with others and give us your feedback. Once again, thank you to all the mujeres, to all of you for everything that you do, all the mujeres that do this work in, in your own communities, all the mothers, and all the mothers that have come before us. We thank you once again. And until next time, adelante, bendiciones to all of you. Gracias. For more information about Healing Generations and the Healing Generations Institute, visit nationalcompadresnetwork.org and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our new releases.